Welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast, bringing you everything there is to talk Colorado sports each and every week. As always, make sure you find us on Twitter if you haven't already at Red Rock Sports One. Connor, Nick, what's going on, man? How's it going, guys? Michael Jordan in '95. I'm back. You're back. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. You were in Napa. Yeah, I almost I loved forgot. It. it was so memorable. Yeah, I almost forgot too. <laughs> Had a blast. Well, there you Good. Go. What'd you do? Wine country? A little bit of wine country. They got a concert out there. Uh, it's called Bottle Rock. Uh, so you go out. It's like three days. Red Hot Chili Peppers were supposed to be headlining. That's why I bought the ticket. And I think, uh, you know, everybody there was joking. It was the show of cancellations. I think they switched headliners like, shoot, at least seven or eight times. Chris Stapleton backed out like two hours before the show. Oh. Uh, Foo Fighters came in. If you like Foo Fighters, it was awesome. If you don't like the Foo Fighters, it was exactly what you thought it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting an idea of which side of the fence <laughs> you sit on that. We went and saw g Easy. He was there. And I'm telling you, 15 minutes into this show, that guy needed some Gatorade stat. <laughs> COVID has not been good to that man. <laughs> there you go. You know, and I think these this whole, you bring up the cancellations, and uh, I, I'm getting to the point where, regardless of what it is, people are using that excuse, man. They're using that COVID excuse for everything, to cancel, to back out of stuff. To not hang out with my friends. Sorry, COVID. Can't hang out. Can't do it. It's COVID, Gotta watch TV. Man. Yeah, you get it. You know, it's 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 brutal. <laughs> I think everyone needs to move past it. Yeah. Connor, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. Hey, I... Uh, you know, starting to eat a little healthier. I know on a couple shows ago, we were talking about how I'm the fast food expert on the show. So haven't had fast food Did about we 19 get to days. Your head? I think we messed with Connor's head. No, no, no. So actually, He's when that conversation rattled. happened, I was on like day four of, of this kick. Well, you sound lighter. Just yeah. <laughs> itching, itching his neck. I've, uh, I've for lost some a good 16 pounds. Oh, no, wow. so as, as, as we can both see, you do look lighter. You look great, no, Connor. No, the you. audience thank can't, you. though, but I think he sounds lighter. Well, it just, sounds just, amazing. Just imagine a Leonardo DiCaprio looking. <laughs> like, if you, of a lose, guy, if you lose too you know? much more weight, your voice might hit like a whole other octave. <laughs> the key to losing weight is to buy bigger clothes so everyone <laughs> yeah. starts to notice quicker. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Wear big hoodies, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. No, I'm doing good. So glad, glad to be here. Glad Nick's back. Let's go. This is great because now, uh, now I have someone to you know hold me in check a little bit. Synergy at an all time high right now. Yeah. Of course. Plus, we got some uh, Nuggets topics we right, want to get to right. a little bit later. Always good to have soaps in the the studio for that. Uh, obviously, we got to react a little bit to the Broncos Week One Super Bowl, and, baby. You know, of course, you know everyone's overreacting, so we got to do a little bit of that as well. But first, we got a Hall of Famer, guys. We do. The Colorado Rockies, and I don't think you get to take claim to that, but I'm going to anyways have a player that is now officially mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame, Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Glad you did that because I tried <laughs> earlier before the show. It wasn't happening. I didn't even try. Didn't have it in Dun, 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 dun. God, I, I, so I, badass. I, yeah, hey, everyone knows that walk-up song from Larry Walker's Day. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Everyone here loves it. Larry's I, the man. I tried to get it, the it. audio put in. I got shut down. Apparently, there's this thing called copyrights. Yeah, well, that's why know. you get my voice. And, and it was singing. so much it's better, Connor. Lower, I think Yours you. was so yes, much better. Uh-huh. Anyways, no, that is fantastic. I love that the Rockies finally got someone in. Um, it is so difficult since everyone seems to think that the Rockies play on the moon, and that is... Uh, believe it or not, only partially true. So uh, it's We're halfway great. to the moon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it is a unique ballpark, but you know, uh, all you can do is is put up the numbers and stats of where you play, right? I mean, all you can do is perform where you're at, and uh, I'm really, really happy he got in. It was getting really close. I believe this was his last chance to get in before he would have to go to the veteran committee. Can we talk about that too? Is baseball the only sport that does that, or do all sports do that, where you have no. like a period of time? I think baseball is the only sport where you have like however many years it is and it's super tough and old men run it, you know, the whole Yeah, thing. but then uh but then in baseball, um you so so after a certain amount of time you then can go to the veteran committee, right? And they let in these like old timers that have been off the ballot for years. That's stupid. You should always be eligible for it once you're retired. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, hey, congrats to Larry Walker. That honestly, it's good to get some good news from the Colorado Rockies. Uh, you know, I know uh, growing up in the 90s for you guys and probably a lot of our listeners too, it's, uh, this is a big part of our childhood in terms of sports fandom, right? I mean, watching uh, Larry Walker and, you know, the, the gang, you got Dante Bichette and, uh, you know, Vinny Castilla. 
uh, some of these guys. I mean, they were uh, they actually made the Rockies. Hey, say what you want about the Rockies, but Larry Walker led a core of of players who made the Rockies entertaining to watch for a very long time. Very competitive, right? I mean, we weren't always good. In fact, we were bad oftentimes, but they were competitive enough. They had enough offensive zing. It was it was fun. It was a good time. So that group of guys has ruined Rockies baseball for me as an adult. Because exactly that. I at least enjoyed it as a kid. It was fun. It was exciting. It was, you know, they always had stats. They got to go do the home run derby and be in the all-star game. And it was fun. And now it's like, what, what, what is there to look forward to? I mean, you just trade away anyone who's any good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I know too, Jared, I know you are a very nostalgia-driven individual. Uh, it's very clear when we did our top five logos and you're loving that, you know, god-awful Nuggets logo that's like the, the I saw crimson it. I and saw gold. I saw it on a hat Underrated. recently. Underrated oh, logo. It was so yeah. good. It was so good. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, we're glad to have Larry, Larry in there. Um, hopefully, we can follow with another Colorado Rocky who got 44% of the vote on the ballot this oh, year. Geez. And re- refresh my memory, and for those out there that don't know, what is the percentage you have to hit? Oh, you don't know either? Okay. <laughs> he gives head, me the I, look. I don't know. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll look that up real that. quick. I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, producer Nick, if you want to mm-hmm. help us out, that'd be great. Um, no, so he got 44%, and I do know that um, 44%... 75 Okay, seventy-five. So, but I do know that over forty percent at at this time, um, I th- I believe it's three years now that Todd Helton's been on there, and so for forty percent is what you look for to eventually get in. Most people that have over forty percent by now end up getting in on the veteran committee. Um, so that's good news. It was a good turnout for Todd Helton. A forty-four percent was the Todd Father. Yeah, it was good. And hey, Todd Helton, um. You know, one of one of my all time favorite Rockies players. I love Todd Helton. Uh, I, I absolutely believe that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I do got some uh, stats for you here. So uh, let's go stat of the week if you got stat it. Of Nick. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. There we go. All right. So uh, Todd Helton, in addition to being one of my very favorite players, had a career slash line of a three sixteen batting average. 414 on base percentage and a 539 slugging percentage. So that's called a slash line in baseball for those who might not know. So it's 316, 414, 539. And he had more walks than strikeouts. Okay. For players with at least 9,000 plate appearances, there are only seven players in baseball history to post a slash line that good with more walks than strikeouts. Those seven players are Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Luke Gehrig, Rogers Hornsby, Jimmy Fox, Stan Musial, and then Todd Helton. So pretty good company to be in. Uh, pretty crazy list. If you lower that slash line standards, right? Because it, it's a little weird numbers there, right? Like 316. Sure, sure. If you lower that to 300, 400, 500, right? Just nice even numbers lower than what he gets. Then that list grows to only 12 total. And uh, the additions on that are Hall of Famers, Tris Speaker, Mel Oat, Frank Thomas, and Chipper Jones. So Okay, so even factor in the uh, Coors Field factor, that's still going to put you in very, very rare oh, it's company. Very good company. And I, I do want to... Uh, uh, I do have a, a bonus stat of the week Oh, two of them? All. Yeah. yeah hey, do, we, do we have to start the music over? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to. <laughs> I think you should. I don't think so. I think we're good. Uh, so, bonus, you mentioned the Coors Field effect, right? Um, which I think is interesting. So there's this number in, in baseball. It's a Sabre metric, and it's called OPS+. Plus. Now, OPS, for those who, who uh, want a refresher, is on-base plus slugging. Um, it's your on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. So there's this Sabre metric called OPS+. Plus. And what it does is it attempts to take that number and it isolates the park factor. Uh, so it basically attempts to account for where you played your games in, right? Now, granted... When you look at OPS Plus for many Rockies players over the years, it, it does exactly what you would expect it to do. A lot of Rockies players who had pretty good seasons or, or even really good seasons, they get knocked down a huge peg when you look at their OPS Plus because that isolates their park factor and attempts to make it as if everyone plays on a neutral field. Todd Helton, over the 10-year stretch of his peak, right, over a 10-year stretch, there was only uh, 11 players in that time frame 
in the game of baseball that had a better OPS plus, which includes Park Factor. Uh, so, I mean, even when you include Coors Field, it was pretty impressive what he did. Uh, you're looking at the, the names here uh, that are above him are Bonds, Ramirez, Giambi, Tomy, A-Rod, Vlad Guerrero Sr., Chipper Jones, Gary Sheffield, Lance Berkman, Carlos Delgado, and Sammy Sosa. That's it. In the whole game of baseball a over a 10-year time with park-adjusted numbers. So, hey, all the Todd Helton haters out there, I've just got to say, this man was legit. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. All mm-hmm. right? There's my stats for you. As, you. as you rattle those names off, I'm trying to think in my head how many of them are not Hall of Famers. Well, just uh, the only ones on there are the known steroid users. Right. That's um, what I was thinking. And so here, here's an interesting one, too. Oh, when you, three stats. Well, when you look at that OPS+, plus. Um, in career OPS plus for all players with, I can't remember how many, uh, I think it might be 3000 played appearances, but if you just look at the career leaders for OPS plus Todd Helton is 43rd on that list. Okay. There's only one player above him. That's not in the hall of fame and that's Fred McGriff. And he is fully expected to be in the hall of fame with that veteran committee. So, uh, if, Todd doesn't get in. I'm going to be banging my drum a little bit over here. And, uh, you know, and then you add that, and he was a, an absolute superb fielder, right? I mean, I think he had four, four gold gloves, um, possibly, nope, three gold gloves. But, uh, you know, if you look at the Sabre metrics, right, there's a, there's a stat called zone runs, which is your fielding runs above average. He's the second all-time for a first baseman. I mean, this man was did it all. So let's hope. Let's hear. Here's like nine hoping. stats in one hey, stat. Yeah, we, I know. You should have held those it. out. You could have you could have stretched that out I for know, a few right? years. Yeah, years. Yeah, years. Hey, we, <laughs> we, uh, we're juicing the stat of the week this time. So, uh, you know, there you go. Let's, let's see. He, he was a four-time gold glove letter, uh, winner. I just checked. So, um, you know, is uh, really, really great. And um, let's just hope he follows him. And hey, congratulations to Larry Walker. I mean, we, uh, you know, we didn't really get to it last week. Uh, the The ceremony was actually this this past weekend. And, or uh, actually, it wasn't. It was last week, huh? Yeah, it was Labor Day weekend. It was, yeah. yeah. So we didn't get to it last show. We wanted to make sure we got to it this time. Just say congratulations to Larry. And, um, you know, hey, I know I know. there's a lot of people out there that, that appreciate what he did for this state and for this city. And it's cool that he's wearing a Rockies hat on his bust. So there you go. Oh, so you do get to take claim then. You do. In the MLB Hall, in the Baseball Hall of Fame, um, it is... It is something where you get to choose what hat you're wearing. And he chose the Rockies. Not that he would have chosen the Cardinals, but I guess there was a little bit of me that was like, hey, he could have chose the Expos. Yeah, I was going to say, he started his career with the he Expos did. He did, and so. played, played a few years there. So yep. you, you could have. But but his success right. came with the Rockies. Right. I mean, his, he won his MVP. fame came with the Rockies. <laughs> that, God, you forget that. I mean, again, we were young. I mean, I, you know, we, we're, we're all 80s, 90s kids. So we were young at that time. Uh, but man... He he was a such a dominant player, and uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, looking at at Larry Walker versus Todd Helton because I don't feel like Larry gets the same love that Helton gets in Denver. I think everyone kind of looks at Todd as like the golden boy of the Rockies. See, and I, I, I would I say a, a disagree with Yeah, you. Larry's probably my favorite player. I kind of think Larry Walker gets the love. You think so? Oh, way nah, more so. I disagree uh, with outside that. Outside of Colorado, maybe, but internally. I think in internally. Uh, I mean, mm. hey, this is a sample. I mean, you don't think so? Because, uh, man, I'm gonna, I would be so curious to look and see what's your favorite Rockies player of all time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put it out on, on that Reddit poll, right? Let's do where, it. Where we get the big number of people responding. We're going to see. We're going to come back next week. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I like we'll follow I am willing to bet week. that it's going to be Larry Walker. So. Okay, perfect. Well, we're going to move on from that. Um, we have some some nuggets. Uh, Connor's not allowed to t- bring up any more stats. <laughs> your stats are cut off. No MPJ stats. Not allowed. Uh, no, no, no MPJ. I, 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 we'll, we'll give us an option. Do we want to talk nuggets? Do we want to talk Broncos first here. I like. Let's go Broncos. Let's go Broncos. We got to touch yeah. on some Broncos. Yeah, let's go Broncos. Okay. Hey, we'll tease one. that. We'll we'll keep pushing the, the Nuggets out. There's some big news coming out of the Nuggets. Some big things happening this week. Surprising news. Big contracts being signed. Maybe not who you expected. Uh, before we get that though, how about them Broncos? They look pretty darn good. I get it was the Giants, but the Broncos get a uh, pretty definitive win. And Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two. 
tattoo. He showed, Two man. Gloves. He showed. Hey, he's well on his way to making me get my tattoo that I bet on this show <laughs> several weeks ago. So, <laughs> hey, in, in true Broncos fan form, I hope that Teddy ends up making me get that tattoo because that would be fantastic. If and, it, and remind us, it was a Super Bowl, correct? No, they just have to make the AFC Championship game. Championship. And I think we'll have to play back because I think there was also a caveat that they have to win 11 games. Okay. See, we, we, we probably shouldn't make these Always kind of bets, Connor, with, when with we Connor. can't even remember exactly what we threw out Oh, there. I'll, I'll go find Luckily it. I have, it's it. I have it written down somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah, it's recorded. <laughs> it lives forever in the <laughs> cybernets, so the cyberwebs. Yeah. Um, anything you know specific that you guys want to bring up, what you saw of the game that you feel is worth noting? Uh, anything that surprised you or uh, shocked you in any way? I think to be obvious, Vaughn back. Oh. Feels like Vaughn is back. Oh, and the sack dance. Oh, yeah, Gotta love that. the sack dance. Yeah. I mean, we have missed the Vaughn sack dance. Have we not? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yes. God. Uh, this defense <laughs> has missed the swagger of Vaughn. Yep. That's what they need. Yeah, it's it's been good. You know, it's uh, uh, a lot of positives to take. I mean, it is the Giants. If you want to be a team with a winning record, you have to find a way to beat the Giants. But they did it in a really good fashion. That's what you have well, to do. Um, the Giants lines a bad mess, you know what I mean? But. They are. Um, they are. There was actually, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, there was a uh, play where... Uh, it was on his the second Giants. sack, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Nate Soldier, Colorado boy here. Uh, turned around and got mixed up a little bit when Vaughn blew by him, and he goes and sacks Devin, or, uh, not Devin Booker, Didn't he block, uh, Devontae he, Booker. Yeah, yeah, he blocks his own play, his own running back, Devontae Booker. Yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty like, good. You are a professional athlete. You had to have gotten turned up so bad to have started blocking your own man. Nothing, like, nothing woo! will ever, ever, ever in a million years top the butt fumble. Oh, the butt no, fumble yeah, is the all no, time. No, but this is bad. It is bad. Or, you know, John Elway lining up under the guard. <laughs> yeah, That's but they, we didn't good. have social media back then. Or, <laughs> yeah, or, an, or a not top doesn't 10. Count, doesn't, doesn't count. Doesn't count. The Duke doesn't do that. That was okay? before the cyberwebs. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I forget. Before the cyberwebs does not count. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, no, I, I thought it was good. It was, uh, what, what were your takeaways, Jerry? Uh, what, what do you uh, got Let's here? pump the brakes. Everyone's getting really excited. And I, That's I am what too. you do. I liked, hey, I liked what I saw. And, and, and to your point, Connor, it was a bad team, and that's what you do with bad teams. It feels good to see your team go handle a bad team. That's, that's what you got to do. You have two more games coming up the next couple weeks, more bad teams on the way. You need to do the same thing. You need to look definitive. Uh, you look back the last three or four years, you'd see a, a game against the Giants go, oh, my God, we might actually win one. You know, you, you kind of have a little hope. Now it's like, yeah, go dominate this game. So that was good to see. But, you know, again, I, I don't want to take away from, like, Von Miller had a great game, but that's probably one of the worst, if not the worst O-lines in, in, in the NFL. Right, and I mean, his um, second sack You know, pretty- Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> looked really good. This is not a good football team. They will be drafting in the top three to five. Uh, you know, come, come, actually, they won't be. The, no, they, I'm sorry, they got the Bears pick. They got the Bears pick. Yep. Um, in, in the uh, fields trade. Um, right. So they, they will be drafting in the top five come next season. So this is a bad team. Let's, let's just... Take it a little bit easy well, here. Again, Let's see what you can do over the, uh, the course of a few weeks. Cupcake schedule, the first three games, like we talked about. If the Broncos are anything less than 3-0, and I think you know week four or five, we'll be talking. It's disappointing. So you, yeah. expected win. It's nice to see them crush. I will say, Connor, if Drew Locke is out there, maybe one more pick, a couple more sacks. Teddy had some good elusiveness for sure. Yeah, I mean, hey, as I had stated earlier, okay, let me just let me just preface this. Uh, now that Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, I think I did mention this the last time we talked about this. I am all on board. Let's 100%. go. Let's go, let's Team Teddy. All right. Hey, I, I'm going to put that behind us. Uh, but you know, just because you brought it up, I will say <laughs> the, the, the reason. Again, if you go back and listen to a couple shows ago, where we had this discussion. The main reason I wanted. Uh, Drew Locke is because I thought it gives us a higher draft pick and I didn't think we have much of a chance at winning like a Super Bowl or even getting to the Super Bowl with Teddy. And so because of that, I wanted the guy who I wanted to a close the door on Drew Locke forever and be like, this guy is for sure. hundred percent. Not the guy get out of here. And then we get a good draft pick. We go get our quarterback. Neither here nor there, though. Now it's Teddy Bridgewater. I'm all on board, all right? So just for the record. For the record. Let's make the record straight. I am all on board with Teddy. Credit where credit's due. Teddy looked good. And for me, not just the numbers. The numbers are good. You know, he had, you know, 28 to 36, 264 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So it was good, but he looked comfortable in this offense. He was playing loose. And he showed a little bit more to me than the game manager he was and has been most of his career. Now, again, 
I don't want to overreact. Prove this to me as you're going down the stretch of a season. Prove this to me against what I believe is an actual capable defense, and right. we can talk. Okay, let's, let's not forget that uh, I believe it was Tre- Trevor Simeon. I believe went three and zero with the Broncos. Uh, then we had a bye week, and everyone's like, "Hey, let's pay Trevor Simeon." I mean, this is it, I right? Do remember that? Uh, then we have a bye week. I think it was actually against the Giants. This <laughs> the Giants coming off the bye week uh, got destroyed and just went downhill from there. I think we won sure. like six games that season. So, but he did look good. So credit where credit is due. Teddy Bridgewater showed. He did this week. absolutely. What'd you, what'd you like, Jared? Um, I, you know, I, I like that really, to be honest with you. I, I like seeing Teddy Bridgewater out there doing well, but, uh, the defense, I mean, just all around, I, I was a little surprised, uh, to see, uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, as you Connor, uh, kind of pointed out early on, you and I disagreed. I thought he would be on the field a lot. He was not, he came in in dime packages only. And, uh, almost coincidentally, I can't say that the two are related, but, uh, Ronald Darby gets put on the IR and I don't yeah. know the injury. Yeah. It's a hamstring hamstring. Yeah. Um, um, so it's almost like, God, you got to get him on the field more. Yeah. Okay. Now you get him on the field more, right? <laughs> Not the way you want it to have happen. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, one of the big takeaways is, is, is that in, in the injuries, it's not just Darby, uh, which I didn't see during the game. I don't know if I, I didn't see it either. I didn't see Darby during the game either. Um, I was, I was, a, it was a little bit blindsided afterwards, but, yeah, uh, regardless, but, he's dealing but, with a hamstring should be gone. But the big one weeks. during the game was, yeah, was Jerry, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, uh, the high ankle sprain. I'm hearing what, four to six weeks. Glass we're half talking. full. Glass half full. Yeah, so that would mean the earliest would be about October. I think it's the game on October and, 10th. And you have a late buy. You, you might even just hold them out to that. Uh, that's tough. Um, so I think that really it puts a lot of pressure on Cortland Sutton uh, to come back quicker from this injury. But I think it puts a lot of pressure on a guy like KJ Hamler to be – I mean, he was good. He, he, he dropped a freaking wide-open touchdown pass. <laughs> but we won't go there. It happens. I get it. He had a good game, though. He was he was productive. Uh, he was elusive. He needs to be a player for this team. And, hey, I just want to go to that. that you're 100% right. And that KJ and, and someone else that, you know, customized it, Tim Patrick, right? He looked really good. Tim Patrick looked good. Uh, he was somebody that the Broncos leaned on quite a bit last year. Yep. I expect him to kind of step up into that role. I just want to go to that KJ Hamler play just real quick, okay? Oh, yes. uh, Woof. Okay, but it's not about KJ Hamler that I want to talk about on that play. Uh, I just wanted to, to just point out, so... Uh, a few weeks ago when the QB battle was still going on and everybody was talking about that play with Drew Locke where he hits KJ Hamler on, you know, 40, 50 yard touchdown bomb. And that was the play. Do you remember how I was talking about how that's not a play that any quarterback in the NFL should miss? Right. Correct. And I think you just saw it <laughs> firsthand. Um, exactly how that yep. plays out. Teddy Bridgewater is not going to miss that play. So, so for anybody out there, um, who is still on the, you know, Drew Locke. They, they think Teddy doesn't have the arm to make deep throws. It's not necessarily the arm to make those deep throws. When, when you get behind the defense, he's going to put it there. Um, really, the, the arm strength comes more into play on, like, uh, deep out routes, uh, you know, some, some deep When, in, when you in have routes. to get a ball into on a, a rope window. in a tight yeah. window. Yeah. Sometimes in the red zone, when you're dealing with some zone zone coverage and, and some slants coming across the zone. You got to get and it right in there. Sometimes you just pull a, a Derek Carr and throw it too hard off of some guy's oh, helmet. God, wow. What an awesome game yesterday. <laughs> that was, that was Did awesome you guys game. watch, by the way, the uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning? No, oh, yeah. I forgot all oh, about it. I enjoyed I was, it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Everything <laughs> I saw on Twitter was it was fantastic. Oh, so. dude, it was uh, it was fantastic. Hey, I, it was great. It was, it was just a game. You kind of felt like you were just sitting there watching a game and hanging out with Peyton and Eli. Uh, and then they had a bunch of guests come throughout it. So, um, you know, I, I was actually pretty busy Monday night. So I probably only got to catch maybe like 30, 40 minutes of like actually sitting down watching it. But it was fantastic. Highly recommend it. Okay. <laughs> I think it's all and, season, isn't it? Uh, uh, they have a, yeah, they have a few games. I believe uh, it's 10 games. Yeah. So, okay. Quick question on that, though. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Monday Night Football ratings, and I don't follow ratings real closely. Uh, my producers probably don't like me saying <laughs> that. But um, <laughs> the, the Monday Night Football ra- ratings have, have struggled over the years, right? And they continue to fall um, because they don't always have the best games. How long until Peyton and Eli are the main broadcast for Monday Night Football? Uh, see, I don't – I it's hard uh, – I, I think the perspective that you get from watching it, it's nothing like being analysts of a game. Okay. It really isn't, right, Nick? I mean, it, it really wasn't the same feel at all as like a play-by-play type analyst. You know, I don't know. I, I think that um, 
it was cool to hear Peyton break down like yes. how like the verbiage of plays and like you know how much of it is actually just preline scrimmage stuff. Yep. Um, but that it, wasn't it was, every play, right? I no, mean, it's not I, like I think what I enjoyed is like you would see Peyton get frustrated uh, at at the team. So like he got really frustrated. Uh, I cannot remember the wide receiver. But they were in zone coverage, and, and he kept running. I think it was a drag route, and Peyton's like, well, you got to stop. You got to stop. If you're in a zone, yeah. stop. That's twice. <laughs> and, he, and so it was cool to he see got, him. He kinda... got frustrated at Derek Carr, too, on a zero coverage when they when they brought the blitz on a cover zero. Um, and, and, and you know, he didn't get the ball out in time, and he, he kind of airmailed somebody going down the field. And Peyton goes, when they show you a, a, zero, a cover zero, that's just an insult. <laughs> yeah, that's that just an good. insult. And when they show you that – you have to make him pay. And he just, like Nick said, you could literally see his frustration. And what was really cool, just like Nick said, what was really cool, and it, it wasn't an every play thing. That's why I'm saying it's not like an analyst play-by-play. It was not that type of coverage, right? It was more like you're just hanging out with Peyton Manning. And like on every once in a while on a play or whatever, pre-snap, Peyton would be like, Oh, you see, you see that safety dropping down. They're gonna, they're gonna trying to be faking a cover two right here. But what you're really probably gonna see is he's gonna break off and go man and cover him. Let's see what happens, and then it happens. Like he's like Tony Romo. If Tony Romo could actually predict every play, basically. Well, well Tony Romo, <laughs> Rain Man Romo. You know what Rain I mean? Rain Man. Yeah, Romo. but but the thing with Romo when he does it, like I don't, I don't hate it. I think Romo's a pretty good analyst. He's kind of got this arrogance about him when he says. Oh, really? Like, I could listen to Tony Romo all day. I like Tony Romo. Yeah, I, I, now, I don't he's kind of got this like whoa. whoa, whoa I know and you don't. And let me tell you. Let me enlighten yeah. you right. all. I give him a little crap, but uh, I just think Peyton was really good at that. But I don't. I do not see him taking over. Well, in um, in defense of the regular Monday Night Crew, like Lou Riddick, really good. Steve Levy's really good. I actually really enjoy Brian Greasy. He did ruin TD's career. He also got. Ed McCaffrey's leg broken, but here nor <laughs> there, here nor there. As an announcer, it's Mike Shanahan's solid. fault. He yeah, should yeah, have been yeah, in that yep, spot. To yep, begin for with. sure, for sure. Uh, uh, anyways, it, it was great. Um, I know. Sorry, did you want to say something else about the broadcast? <laughs> no, I think we've talked. I think so. I think we're off the wheels. About- <laughs> I was going to bring us back to the Broncos if I could, just for a sec here. So we love we love um, the broadcast. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think there was a lot a lot of positives. That's good. We want to take with it. I mean, hey, Vic Fangio, much has been made in the media. He has not won in September in, in his couple years with the Broncos. So it's good to see them get off to a good start. I am not going to complain or hate on any of that. Right? Let's keep it going. Um, I just wanted to mention on that Jerry Judy injury, uh, it, it looks like the news came back much better than it could have been. I don't, you, you guys saw that play, right? It looked I mean, disgusting. It, it looked the, awful. The, his demeanor oh, told it, me it a looked, lot worse. Too. It looked awful. I mean, it, it just it just looked terrible. His ankle went the exact wrong direction. So uh, the fact that it was only a high ankle sprain, and I say only, even though that's a pretty serious injury, um, that was good news. But I will say... With somebody like Jerry Judy, who obviously has a lot of his value in his route running, his directional changes, I mean, such a huge emphasis of what makes Jerry Judy special in a way, uh, really is going to, you know, it it relies on having an ankle that is good. So uh, I hate to say it, and I don't want to be the, the, you know, Debbie Downer, um, but I wonder if something like this might end up sticking with him the entire season. Kind of as we saw with, with, with Noah Fant uh, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, you really do have to be careful about sprain. that because a, a, an ankle sprain is one of those. I mean, we've all experienced it where, man, once you you can be back 80%, 90%, be close, and you have one thing that happens, and it, it's a major setback. So I, I think that is something that the Broncos will have to be very careful with. Like, hey, these are obviously, aside from the, the Chargers staff that poked a hole in in Tyrod Taylor's lung last year. This is our like world-class uh, medical staffs. Okay. Like they're, I'm going to trust in their judgment well, with it. But. For sure. For sure. And, and I mean, Hey, this is something every, every one of us can do right now. Right. You, you, we've all rolled our ankle, right? We've all had different sprains. Um, what Jerry Judy did, you can stick your leg out right now, put your foot on the ground, roll it the way that you can tell would hurt the worst, <laughs> the <laughs> inside, roll it to the inside. Yeah. That is what he did, and 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 that is a much more serious injury than your typical ankle sprain. So, um, hey, we're gonna we're gonna hope the best for Jerry Judy. Uh, it, it's such a bummer, man. It's it just seems like with this Broncos team, like, hey, we might finally be getting some good injury luck, and then boom, the you know, and Jerry Judy was looking explosive. He was looking really good. I think he had like 76 yards or something. He was due for a he went huge down. year this year, so ah, it is tough to see that. And uh, also no Bradley Chubb. I didn't really realize he was injured. Yeah, he got injured. Uh, he didn't practice much the following week. He was a game-time decision. Um, 
if you will believe Vic Fangio, and I always say that and preface it because a lot of the times these NFL coaches yeah. play games, right? So you can't really know if what they're saying is the truth. But uh, if you'll believe what he says, it was really close to playing. Uh, he, he kind of re-aggravated it in practice, and it just never got better. Uh, so they were, for precautionary reasons, kind of holding him out. I would look for him to play maybe next week. Maybe they sit him one more week just to like... Because I, I think the Broncos really want to make sure they get their duo on the field this year, right? So the fact that he's even a little bit injured is obviously concerning. Sure. But, but I do believe that it's... A lot of precautionary reasons. This is week one. I think Vic Fangio is like, hey, you know what? We, we're going to let him get healthy, and then he's going to go back out. And so. I think that was smart, and especially when you're going up against the Giants. Frankly, Scrubs. leave him out for a couple more Scrubs. weeks if you need to. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a team that it has some aspirations to compete this year, but it's it's not the deepest team. And, and so when you get past those top two edge rushers, I mean, they have some talent there, but it's a, certainly a drop-off. So you want those guys healthy as the year wears on, as the season goes on, you don't want to have this become a lingering thing for and, him. And certainly not. And I think, uh, and look at Nick over there calling the Giants the scrubs. Nick on his high horse that the uh, Broncos have clearly. God, we look so good. We deserve it. The Broncos deserve to, to be able God, to we look smack incredible. talk other people. Anyways, uh, one, one other player I, I want to mention, obviously it's kind of a scary situation. We hope he's okay, is, is Glass uh, now. The right guard. Yes. Graham so, Glasgow, yep. Yep, Graham Glasgow. He uh, goes, has an irregular heartbeat. Um, left in an ambulance uh, after the game. He stayed overnight in New York or maybe New Jersey, rather. I'm not not really sure on uh, uh, where. East Coast. Yeah, so he stayed there overnight. Uh, they're checking him out. So uh, obviously we hope he's okay. Um I'm not sure who would be the backup. Uh, it'd be Nettie or. Uh, uh, what about the the kid that they drafted out of uh, Wisconsin Whitewater? Uh, it could, yeah, it could be the. Uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, now we're all sipping on it. Yeah, yeah, Belly. Yeah, the, the Belly guy. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, everyone out there, you know who we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, on the spot, but but so we hope he's okay. That's a little bit of a scary thing. Uh, apparently, when you read the reports, he was um, he was feeling it during the game, and he had it during the game, and it was something he was trying to play through. Uh, and so then afterwards, they, they he actually left in an ambulance. He's getting some tests done. So obviously, some moments make you realize that there are a lot of things much bigger than football. So we really hope that he is okay for completely non-football-related reasons. Um, but it is something to mention just when we're talking about the players. I mean, they are down a starter, potentially, with him. And we just hope he's okay. So Quinn Miners is who you're thinking. Quinn Miners. There you go. There Thank you. you. The, okay. the tree puncher. Now you're freaking the me out hacker. because... I don't like notice my heartbeat on a normal basis. How do I know if I have an irregular heartbeat? I don't know. I think you should ask your doctor about that oh, potentially. Okay. I you thought know. you guys are a little Not more producer Nick. Than I am. Maybe maybe <laughs> producer Nick knows. Maybe. What do you guys got bachelor's degrees or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got fancy college degrees. Not in medical science or oh. any, any medical field. Is that at important? All. I think Apparently, so. I, it's oh. looking less and less important. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. Apparently not. Uh. Okay, before we move on from NFL altogether, uh, I, I think it's always fun, you know, because everyone makes these dramatic overreaction bold statements that I'm going to put your guys' feet to the fire and make you guys make a bold prediction. All three of us, we're going to make a bold prediction that we will revisit later in the year to see who was farthest off and maybe who actually got it close Intentionally to right here. bold can i go first <laughs> yes okay bold prediction from nfl week one complete overreaction but hey you like you said you put our feet to the fire here so the green bay packers missed the playoffs Ooh. okay i had one similar but not the packers yeah i got i got the packers missing the playoffs and i i based that off of the fact that they just looked horrible, obviously. I know it's week one. Oh, hey, let's pump the brakes. Let's, let's, let's not. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, but that's a pretty bold statement. I mean, he's the MVP last year, but I think there's just so much dysfunction there. I'm going to give you uh, my stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat, stat of the week. Did you know, and this is, by the way, just off of somebody on Twitter, so I have no idea if this is accurate. I'm going with it anyways. The last time that uh, Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions in the season opener... The Packers won the Super Bowl. Ooh, there wow. you go. Does wow. that change your opinion at all? No. I mean, hey, okay. I, I, again, you bold are making statement. me make yeah. a bold prediction here. If I wanted to be a little bit less bold, my other, my backup okay. take. Backup? My backup take was that Albert O would have more touchdowns than Noah Fant this year. Okay. 
That was I, my backup Broncos related take. That's a little it, that more reasonable. Bold. It is bold, but bold. I don't think that's out of the question. And, and especially when you saw the, the 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 plays, and I don't know their their snap count, but Albert O was out on the field a lot mm-hmm. in that game, and he was out on the field in the red zone. Now the dude fumbled in a way I don't understand it was how definitely that was a out. How it was, was he not out? See, I thought so too. I thought it, watching the, that replay, the Giants the Giants guy was definitely out when he corralled the ball. Like I think we all agree on that. I don't know. Yeah, okay. no, I thought so too. So, soaps bold statement from NFL Week One. Well, so this is a Denver podcast. This may not be as bold as Jared would like, but I think with injury comes opportunity. Noah Fant is the leading receiver in regards to yards at the end of the season. He has the most yards at the end of the season for the Broncos. Oh, well, he was second opposite, last year, so opposite direction of Connor there. A little bit, yeah. Although I, I, I definitely think he has more yards if he stays healthy than Alberto. That was weak. That was weak. Yeah, that was that. not bold. At well, all. let's just make let's just make it very clear. Court and Sutton was out all last year. That's true. That's Jerry, true. That's a little Judy bold. Had the drops. You had Tim Patrick and you had Noah. He Fant. still led the Broncos though. Jerry Judy did last year, I believe. Right. Or, exactly. Or was it Noah Fant? Was it Noah Fant or Jerry Judy? Uh, one of them led receptions. One of them led yards. Okay. I think yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you which one was yeah. which, but all right. Well, there you go, Nick. Okay. How bold of you? Very bold. Like Be seven, bold. Be seven brave. out of ten. How brave. You can say something so meaningful yet so brave. I'm courageous. Yeah. So okay. I, I will put myself out there for two as well. I'm going to double dip. All right. Double dip. Uh, I also have a team missing the playoffs. Uh, and it was the team that kind of blew it last night in the Ravens. Uh, I have the I like Ravens that. missing the playoffs this year. And it goes beyond just what we saw yesterday. Uh, again, I say yesterday. We're recording Tuesday. You guys, if if you're listening to it right out of the gate, it's Wednesday. We're talking the Monday night game, the Ravens and the Raiders. Um, what I saw in that game, but but not only from this division, tells me that the Ravens aren't making the playoffs this year because they're not winning that division. You know, the 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 Browns arguably should have beat the Chiefs. Uh, they kind of blew that one down the stretch, Played but that's well. a very very good team. I think the Browns win that division. The 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 Steelers are a tough out, and with this, the injuries to the running backs and and the way that this team is built, it now all falls on Lamar Jackson's shoulders, and. I just don't think that he is the type of quarterback that can put it all on his shoulders in that sense. You know, he needs he needs that plethora of talent around him. And yes, he has the receiving core, but he's checking down to running backs and tight ends and things left and right. I think he's going to hit a point this year. I'm not saying he's going to fall off. I like Lamar. I want to get that clear, but I've said it on the show before. He's a guy that I don't think is an elite quarterback that can carry a team. So I see the Ravens missing the playoff. That's my bold statement. All right. Okay? Bold. My backup, in case somebody else took that, because I thought somebody might grab that one. Um, I don't know if this is bold. I think it's bold, but apparently it's not. Urban Meyer is coaching at USC next year. Can we all agree with that? Yeah, that was tough. There you go. Urban Meyer is going to pull a Nick Saban. He's going to bail out he's on gonna, this NFL situation 180. as soon as a high-profile college job comes up. Hey, week two of college football season – USC fires their head coach. The job he wanted to begin with, they they he thought they were going to fire Clay Helton last year, and uh, I think he jumped ship. Especially if the Jags don't turn things around, they lost no, to the no Texans this to week. No relation to Todd, right? <laughs> I saw on the internet that uh, the so. loss last week not. was uh, Trevor Lawrence's first ever loss ever. Yeah, and that didn't lose in high school, didn't lose in college, so. Does, is that is that like something that's actually a real thing you worry about as a quarterback or I as a know. coach, right? Like that's not a it's big so deal, right? No, but but uh, that's weird. So that's crazy. Here's an interesting here's an interesting thought about that though. Um and, and hey, I don't think it applies to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's all by all accounts seems to be have a really bright future in the NFL. Uh, but it actually, if you think about it, can make it a lot more difficult to evaluate the talent of a, of a player like a quarterback if they have been consistently on the best teams throughout high school and college. Because that means they also have the best linemen and receivers and yes. coaches and, and everything, right? So when you, when you, you see somebody kind of like, you know, who reminds me, I mean, Trevor Lawrence does not remind me of this guy, just to be clear. He does not. But the situation of just winning and winning and winning always reminds me of Tim Tebow, um, who is difficult to kind of put a finger on and evaluate because, hey, look, he's 
played with the absolute best players in the country okay, in a really life. weird way. That's a great comparison. <laughs> yeah, but but I think he's much he is a, a much yeah, better talent take, take than talent Tim Tebow, completely right? aside. Take the player out of it, but the scenarios the scenario that they came, that up, they in, came up in, yeah. Very, very interesting their whole there. Scam. So anyway, hey, I like your your bold take there. That's good. Urban Meyer pulling a 180 getting out. I think uh, you know, I think that's that is kind of bold. I'll, I'll call that bold. That's I, uh, see, I thought it was bold too, but I've seen and heard a lot of people yeah, calling for the same yeah, thing. So realistic. I was like, oh. So hey, Maybe audience, uh, to our listeners, tell us what your bold take is after week one in the NFL. Hit us up on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. Let us know what your bold take is and yell at us if need be. Tell us how wrong we are or how right I am. <laughs> yeah. Get it there? All right. No, no. Uh, you know, I... Uh, well, well, we'll revisit that maybe like... <laughs> Week twelve of the season, <laughs> when, when, when the like Packers that. are eleven and one, and <laughs> Aaron Rodgers throwing touchdowns everywhere, left and right. I will uh, say, I you know, we I think we all have some Packer friends, and it's it's interesting to to listen to them. I would say half of them love Aaron Rodgers, and now officially half of them hate Aaron Rodgers. I reached out to a friend, Matt, and he was just like, "Yeah, this is great. I love that we're getting crushed. This is awesome." So it's just <laughs> funny to see the divide. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, there was still a report. Hey, I guess we should. We I would be remiss if we did not at least bring it up. There was a report that came out over this last week that the Broncos are still interested in acquiring Aaron Rodgers next please. season. Please, yes, yeah. Please. So are thirty-one other teams. Yeah, well, no maybe doubt. not thirty-one. Twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, Twenty-five, somewhere around there. I, I, but I do think if he becomes available and the Broncos should choose to want to pursue him, I, I do think the Broncos would be in the top handful of teams with a chance to get Aaron. Do Rogers. you think his value drops no. off in any no. way after? this year 100 now regardless i mean i guess you could look at the different scenarios if they're bad if they're good if whatever is there anything that drops his stock down no if any aside from a couple of massage therapists coming <laughs> out talking about this. no i think i think the only thing 42. that the, the broncos do is it raises their value so it's almost like the teams are auditioning for aaron Rodgers, but i don't think you could possibly say well i mean if aaron Rodgers goes out has a very bad season i don't expect him to but if that were to happen then of course there would no. be some value I well, how old is aaron Rodgers at this huh. point Does 37 know that? i think okay and peyton manning was what 39 when he had that just yeah, drop off brady's like 72 i know so. but peyton manning 44. nobody saw two years after peyton manning set world records nobody saw him when having he, the fall he off that he feel did. his half of his hand it, yes but who's to say that that couldn't happen to a 37 year old no, no. I, dis- I disagree a thousand percent there yeah. is no world in which aaron Rodgers' value even remotely dips everybody knows he's unhappy the packers are obviously frustrated there is no world, real world scenario where his value. Now, drops. now, what about this though? What about this in terms of value dropping? In terms of what they would get for a trade package? What about the idea that next year the Packers will have less leverage than they had this year because they have already essentially? That's kind of where I was him. going with mm. that. So I mean, the the fact that the, I, I think there's a possibility that even if you don't believe like the the team's valuation of him will drop off, they might have a little less value just because of the leverage that they had from forcing him to stick out a contract. See, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. I wanted to see if anyone would bite on that, but I agree with you guys, actually. I think that it only takes a couple of teams getting a bidding war, and that right. price goes He'll right still be up. traded for There's quite enough a high teams value. So. That, that are desperate for it. Um, and I do want to touch. I made the, uh, the, the bold take a few weeks ago that uh, I thought Deshaun Watson would be starting week one. Yeah, he they, was not. Was bold. And was very bold. And Terod. Terod looked Terod. pretty good. Hey, pretty I've, good. I've always been a fan of Terod a little bit. You I know mean, what? I, I kind of think he gets a little bit of a bad rep. I mean, he's an athletic quarterback. He, you know, seems to be relatively intelligent at making his reads, right? He's not He's not a uh, Paxton Lynch, certainly, right? <laughs> he's nowhere like that. So uh, he's athletic. He's got an arm. The, the I, fact you know, that you like just Terod. brought Paxton Lynch yeah, into this, like, we're done. That, you just <laughs> insulted him by saying he's not compared to him. I mean, no. just by bringing him. I'm saying he's no he's no uh, scrub between the ears. Two letter you know words I mean? that you never say on this pod ever again. <laughs> ever. What is he doing these days? Who cares? Oh, I think he's playing football. I, I think like, so. Like Madden? Because that's what he was <laughs> yeah. best at. No, on rookie no, mode no, for look sure. Up, hey, <laughs> hey, maybe producer Nick can get this I'm for him. Because I think he is playing football in like Australian League or something. Oh. Okay, but if I was <laughs> yeah, going to go... With, he's with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the CFL. Oh, CFL. Ooh, there you go, hey, CFL. Saskatchewan, don't... Don't sleep on Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. Man. They're legit. Man, so you know, you know, one of my biggest takeaways from this whole weekend of football was? What's that? It was miserable. I have two fantasy leagues and IDP leagues. I, in my two leagues, 
played against Chandler Jones. Oh, <laughs> both wow. leagues. Uh, five sacks, career day. Uh, my big takeaway, don't play against a guy who has five sacks if you would like to succeed in fantasy football. My so. team sucked too. Hey, Connor, guess how many people care? Uh, yeah, no one. I know. <laughs> I know, but I had to get actually, off my chest. I, I just, do care somebody because I'm in one of those leagues. So watching you go down, actually, to be honest with you, I kind of wish you would have won. That uh, yeah. Honestly, somebody out there, some listener feels my pain. Somebody out there is like, yeah, that Chandler Jones, man, really got to me. So I just had to throw that That's out true. There. there are five um, people out there listening <laughs> that you just absolutely you hit home for them. And, and hey, I do want to also just bring up the, the game that I said that I was looking forward to watch last week, the Rams uh, and the Bears, uh, ended up being a really entertaining game for the main reason I wanted to watch it. Matt Stafford looks great in that offense. Does he not? Okay, am, but, I, am I overstating that? Go look that? at how well, good Rams that Jared Goff looked in the Lions offense. Everyone acts like there's this dramatic difference between the performance and Jared Goff went off for the Lions. He put up huge numbers. That. It's. I, I'm just saying like, yes, their style of play is a little bit different and Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback. I'm not trying to argue that, but we're not talking this gap of, you know, a Hall of Famer versus a scrub. We're talking a good starter versus an average starter. Yeah, see, if Matt Stafford wins a Super Bowl, I think he is. And a it was the Bears. Let's pump the brakes. Hey, the Bears have a pretty good pass defense. All right, the Bears are not terrible at their at their pass, and they have a good front seven too. Their their defense is not. I don't know, Connor. I'd like to segue back real quick. Um, I'm curious, based on the Chandler Jones issue, and I hate to segue like this, <laughs> but would that have mattered in your fantasy game? Would, would it have made any sort of difference oh, at that's all? A good, that's a good point. Oh, right. well, uh, actually, <laughs> it, it was really two players that killed. It was him and then Shaq Thompson, oh, former now, Bronco. Hey, now former, it's getting deep. Former Bronco got an interception. An edge rusher got an interception. So if it weren't for that and that, yes, it would have been it would have been right there in terms of the game. But so, it wasn't right there. Yeah, because of a five, <laughs> because of two anomalies, I'm still. Do we, do we all want to like break down our fantasy no. scores and no, how I'll just carry this extra went. long next yeah. year? No, I just hey, I I just wanted to mention it actually because Chandler Jones had such a career that was crazy watching that game. He just the best the game. though for he fantasy is when that happens during the playoffs. I mean, like how great is that? And I mean, whether it happens to you or against you, like it always happens. They, to me. These guys obviously don't. Play play for you they don't really care that you're in the playoffs but when they come through in the key moments for you man it's one of those guys you end up rooting for the rest of his career (laughs) lifetime guy now now, uh just just real quick before we get off football um how long before we see andy dalton getting usurped by justin fields what's your predictions here i don't know their buy off the top of my head but i I like where soaps is at somewhere around there early it's it depends on their record uh as soon as they're you know, beyond four games and under five hundred. That that's the yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be shown. So <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. I we think go. well, they had this week uh, against the Rams, and then they play the Bengals, uh, and then the Browns, and then the Lions. And so I think he starts week four. I don't really think that um, they want to throw him in there. So they they want to give him some cupcakes. There you know was I mean? part of me that watched that because that was the Sunday night game. So they obviously had the luxury of seeing what happened in all the the games during the day. Well, the Forty uh, uh, ers played in the morning. And they kind of did almost the exact same thing with Trey Lance and how they utilize him. And there's that part of me that's like, did Matt Nagy just like watch the game? And goes, oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's how that's how we use Justin. That's how we we'll get him on the field. Field looks nice. He just doesn't strike me as a coach that really kind of has it all figured out mm. going into it. You know, he's- speaking of that 49ers game, how wild was that? The the I mean that I saw. I'm in brutal. a loser pool where you have to pick one team to lose. And I had picked the uh, Detroit Lions to lose. And so I'm sitting there watching that game, just sweating it out. At first, I was like, oh, yeah, that's an easy win. And then, wow, man, that was, I mean, the 49ers just did everything they could to give that game away. So that was uh, one of the more entertaining games for me uh, of the week. Um, I think because what other games did we peg out? I had the uh, the, the, the Saints game. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to see because I wanted to see what, what Jameis would do, but Man, I want to get that LASIK surgeon's uh, info because <laughs> apparently that stuff works. I liked the. Uh, I liked the. Yeah, you uh, didn't get a chance to give a game. What was what was kind of one you were looking forward to last week, and did it did it come through for you? Browns, KC. Uh, I think Browns cool. are legit. Uh, obviously, the Browns just pound the rock. But again, um, you can't, know, I'm a Broncos fan, but Mahomes is he's so good. Obviously. Can't you foresee the scenario though, where the Browns hit the Chiefs in the playoffs, and the exact same thing happened? <laughs> yeah. It just seems like they're destined to not be. It's like the uh, the Colts with the Patriots when it was when it was Manning and it was Brady. It was like you're you're so good. You're you're so close. 
but you just don't quite have. Yeah, it. I just think this is as good as Mahomes or not Mahomes Mayfield will ever be. I think he's yeah. this is his this is his ceiling. But is this ceiling really? going to get paid fatty after this year? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> And he's going to make some money, right? But yeah, they're going to win 10, 11 games. And, and I, I root for the Browns. They, they've sucked for a long time. So yeah, there you, you go. You have to root for the Browns. I agree. They're also named the Browns. <laughs> yeah. So that's just great in, in of itself. Okay. All right. All let's, right. let's just real, real quick. Let's just before, because I know you're about yep. to transition. So let's just real quick. Uh, let's just look ahead real quick and we'll come back here next week. What do you got for the Broncos on, on predictions for next, next week's game? Well, I think the spread is four. Uh, Broncos minus four. I think that's what it is. Um, but either way, I think the Broncos win by by probably seven, ten points. Um, they're you know Jacksonville's horrible, so you got a rookie QB. Ooh, so um, Nick's taking the the Broncos on the points. Easily, I'm taking Broncos the Bron- in the points. I'm taking the Broncos easily. I agree. I I do agree. Although I will say that I think the Jags will look better next week than they did this week. There's a lot of moving parts going into that. Trevor Lawrence has always been the best at what he's done. He's always been on the best team. This is the first time he's played with a team that's not the best, uh, as you were talking about earlier. So I think he responds. I think he plays better. I think that team plays better. And uh, But they're also going to be going against a much better team than the Texans, uh, which is who they played against. So I still think the, the Broncos roll in this, and they better. They need to roll. I think I want to see this defense be you know, stingy. I don't want to see a lot of points given up. Uh, and I want to see Teddy keep going, man. And, 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 and honestly, I'd like to see this running game get going a little bit more. I know they had the stats, but when you take away a 75-yard run or whatever Melvin Gordon had, it, they weren't great. So I'm going to go 24-17 Broncos. Oh, we're doing scores. All right, yeah, I'll do. I'm going to go. All right, I'll do, uh, I'll do uh, 20 to 10 Broncos. Ooh. Okay, right. I was going to go 24-10. So. And the spread was changed. I, as of uh, yesterday, it was four. It's it's all the way to Broncos minus six. Six. Okay. So uh, yeah, I got. So I got if you're wanting to get on the Broncos, folks out there, I'm thinking get on them now. <laughs> yeah, get on now. You know, maybe uh, listen to uh, one of our. Uh, other podcasts on our network, the Sharp Angle. Uh, get get your knowledge up about uh, if you are upset betting. that Tyler Walsh <laughs> was not on this week's show. You can always tune in every day. Every day he does the Sharp Angle podcast, part of the Woos Media family of podcasts. If you want to check out all of their shows, make sure you check them out. That's woosmedia.com, W-O-O-Z-E media.com. Tyler's shows on there. There's some good college football shows as well. Um, all right, guys. It is time to get off of the NFL. It was fun. Week one. Are you guys exhausted? I know I am. Always kills me. But big news coming from the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, and I'll just for the audience out there that, that may care or not, the, these two guys, Nick and, and Connor, probably the two biggest um, basketball and Nuggets fans that I know, and you guys follow it a heck of a lot closer than I did. At, I do. And uh, you guys were kind of pushing me. Hey, let's get some Nuggets talk going. Let's talk Michael Porter Jr. contract. You know, there's some things coming on like that. And then out of nowhere, there was a big contract signed. And it wasn't the one that I, or sounds like you guys, expected. Connor, break it down for us. Uh, you know, I actually, I, I want to actually diss this one to Nick to start off here. I, I just want to say that uh, when we had mentioned it last week, actually one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about was that there were whispers that this Aaron Gordon contract was in the midst. Okay. So um, I do want to say, I, I want to give this to Nick, get his take, and then I will respond. Uh, but I will say, uh, I just wanted to add the numbers here because I don't, I, I didn't hear you say them. No, uh, I haven't. It is four, no. four, so years, four, four years, 92 mil. Yep, four years, 92 mil with Guaranteed. a player with a player option for the 2022-23 season. So Nick, I want to leave this to you as our resident basketball expert here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on it for the Nuggets, as well as just the nature of contracts in the NBA? So the contracts are kind of what they are. Obviously, you know, uh, rev- paid off revenue, things like that. But in regards to specifically the Nuggets, I actually really like it. Um, he's he's a glue guy. Yeah, he's too. a guy that fills a spot. Big defensive player, um, you know, team guy. They're going to pay MPJ. I think what it really comes down to is, you know, they've got his bird rights uh, for MPJ. What that means is that he's been with the team for at least three years. So you can pay him. It just depends on do the Nuggets want to get into the luxury tax. And, you know, is Stan Kroenke going to pay? Maybe. Can he pay? Yes. Do you see that stadium? <laughs> I mean, he's a he's an and heir what I, of what Walmart. I'm referencing <laughs> is it SoFi Stadium? Yeah. That's the one in L.A.? He owns Everton, too. Yeah, he's a he is a heir of Walmart, so yeah. he's one of the. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> what a, I, if you were to money. ask me, I think Gordon's a really good signing. Um, on the flip side, if they were to trade MPJ, 
I think that the value you can get a lot more for MPJ than opposed to Gordon. So maybe there's something there. I feel like Tim Connolly's a really good GM, but um, do they trade MPJ? Maybe. Um, I mean, I know that's probably not a popular opinion, but I think Gordon gives you more from the team dynamic. That, I mean, that's MPJ my bay is, right there. Nick. MPJ is <laughs> MPJ is great. Wherever he gets traded, Connor would move <laughs> to. <laughs> MPJ is great. I think the Nuggets will probably pay him, but it would be a little unusual for the Nuggets to get into that luxury tax. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of have a very similar take. I think that it was a good move for the Nuggets. I think that they recognize that they have a few-year window here where if they can get MPJ locked up, that means they have their entire core assigned for three more seasons, okay? And, and then and then it's, then it's a, a game of, you know, I mean, hey, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I think if you get MPJ signed, you have three legit seasons yep, with everybody here in a window. And so I think... It's a good move for the Nuggets. I like what Aaron Gordon brought to this team. I think, obviously, you know, the team has ran through Nikola Jokic first and foremost. Jamal Murray uh, has a you know, great two-man game with him up there, uh, with Jokic up there. Hopefully, he gets back healthy. Um, I think it's a great move. I think he brings a lot of that defense. They're, I mean, Nick, I don't, I don't know what you think on this, but I think there might be 10, 15 players in the entire league that can that can D up some of these wing players like LeBron, Kawhi in the way that Gordon can potentially. So, Well, I think what it does is it creates the ability for Jokic to not have to play offense and defense. It gives him the ability to at least to not necessarily take plays off, but gives him a little bit of uh, relief in regards to just being just a two-way player all the way. Um, but I, I really like Aaron Gordon. Um, I think it's a really good signing. I'll be curious. See, I, I, I definitely think we're all a little surprised. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with MPJ. I mean, it, it, I, if they do want to trade him, I'd be curious to see at least what the value is. Maybe that's what Connolly wants to do. Uh, but I, I really no, like I, it. I do anticipate that, just like Nick said, that they would likely have to go. And I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I, I do. I was kind of looking at it a couple weeks ago. It does look like they very likely would have to go into the luxury tax, depending on what kind of a, a contract they give MPJ. Um, now, whether or not they would do that, uh, if you will, again, I will preface it by saying, if you will believe what the talking heads say, right? Um, but if you will believe what Tim Connolly said in his uh, end of the year exit interview to the media, he sat down for like 45 minutes and they specific, I think it was Mike Kliss specifically asked him. I know Nick's not a huge Mike Kliss fan here, uh, He's but, a, yeah, but regardless, I'm just giving credit where credit's due is Mike Kliss that asked the question. He asked him very directly about the prospects of going into the luxury tax. And is that something that you have you specifically been communicated by, by Cronky that that is something you're willing to do? And, and Connolly said, you know, uh, one of the great things about our ownership group is that they are all in on winning. And if they feel like it makes sense and gives us a chance to win a championship, we have the green light to go into that luxury tax. And so, hey, if you believe what Tim Connolly says, he could have very easily given kind of a PC answer and, and gone around the question a little bit. But he directly said, yes, we have the green light to go into the luxury tax as long as it makes sense for this team. Uh, I anticipate that MPJ is signed before the end of the year, and the Nuggets will have that three-year window um, to compete for a championship, hopefully. Hey, hopefully. This is the NBA here. There's only, what, eight teams that have won it? So Yeah, quick side question, and I want to get back to some of what you said there, but does, do either of you, I'm going to ask a question I assume neither of you know the answer to, but Stan Kroenke, as we've kind of mentioned, he has he owns several different teams in different leagues. You know, obviously the Avalanche, the Nuggets, he, he owns the Rams in the NFL. It's, it's Arsenal, I think, in... in mm. European soccer, Arsenal or Everton? I can't remember. I thought it was. I think Arsenal. it's Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, has he ever won a championship? That's a good question. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I actually don't. He uh, he hasn't. Oh, I don't shoot. know. No, I don't oh, know. Obviously, the apps. Oh, they, well, the. <laughs> there you go. I guess I guess in recent memory, I guess is probably where. Well, I think you were and going uh, with that. what what he owns the Rams too. Yeah, um, but he he, he didn't uh, win one with them. Yeah, he, but he got to it. He got. I don't know. I don't know at what point he became. I know he's been a part owner there for a long time, but he did become a majority owner more a little more recently. I don't know around that time frame of that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think he. It just okay, I, I asked so, because it's like sure, okay, it's easy to say your ownership is committed to winning, but has he proven that? Well, well, he's he's 
been the owner of some at the very least you can say this so, he is the owner of some very good teams very yeah, so, very and, good and, competitive and, teams and go ahead Nick so he bought the he he purchased a 30% stake and maybe this is why we're confused but he, he purchased a 30% stake in the Rams in 1995 okay and that was before right before greatest show on turf but I think where we get confused is he completely bought the Rams in 2010 so See, that's I knew probably that was more yeah. recent. Well, they've been yeah. to it they've been to a Super Bowl right. loss to the Patriots yeah three to ten yeah. I think worst Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, yeah, Florida, yeah. unless you were in the, one of those squares pools and had the three <laughs> and zero man because you nailed it uh, but going back to what you're talking you guys you guys great breakdown of, of some of those uh, ideas and thoughts with these contracts um, do you guys uh, I, uh, sorry let me backtrack the question I want to ask is for those of us out there I myself don't follow contracts in in the NBA as closely as I do like the NFL and you get kind of that you know where does he rank within you know some of the other players where does this contract value rank? I mean, is this something? Is this is this big money deal? Is this kind of medium money deal? What, what where does it rank? And 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 say if you were looking at it before Aaron Gordon came to the the Nuggets, would you have been surprised to see him sign this on a free agent market? So if you were to ask me like where it ranks, just off the top of my head, I would probably tell you it's it's pretty middle of the road. Um, I think you've got like uh, Chris Paul making almost forty forty five million. I think that Steph Curry makes over forty. Uh, some of these guys have and crazy. This is twenty three million a year. Just yeah, and so I think uh, it's about what you pay for an upper tier guy. Maybe not a top guy, but um, you know the tough part about NBA is you've got to match money when you make trades, and and so his his contract is kind of right in that middle, that sweet spot where you can you know value for value. And again, with MPJ, we'll, we'll see what it is. And so um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a, it's a lot of money because of the years commitment to it. Um, but I think you know, like Nick said, it's it's more or less right in line with what you pay, um, you know, a starter in, in the in the NBA, a starter who you believe is a is an important piece, and he's only twenty five years old, guys. Right. So uh, hey, I I like uh, you know, last year we got to remember last year is first year with a new team, right? I mean, hey, we're all human beings. I mean, sometimes we we forget that these guys are also human beings. And from moving and uprooting your entire life and, and going here to Colorado, right? That's a big step. It's a big And then thing, to have right? Jamal Murray go down, what, two or three games in or 10 games in, whatever it was. I think it was, like eight, it was. But yeah, something like that. Uh, they looked really good for that short sample size of like eight, nine, 10 games, whatever it was. Uh, in fact, uh, as we had mentioned on this podcast, that starting five over that span of 10 games uh their their uh, offensive rating would have been number one in the entire nba if if that was their offensive rating the whole year right granted it's a small sample size but i think they saw that and they're like hey we might actually have something here because when aaron gordon is not looked at as a secondary or even third scoring option he's more of a fourth type scoring option it really allows some of these guys to to flourish in their roles and i think from the defensive end of things, like Nick said, it really helps. It'll help move Will Barton, so Will Barton doesn't have to guard these wings. He can he can guard uh, the guards. I think that uh, ultimately ends up when 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 you can have Aaron Gordon playing the wing or or even the four, right? Um, it helps with not making you know uh, Nikola Jokic have to play defense necessarily all the time. Um, I mean, granted, hey, you're going to get to playoff basketball, and you're still going to see them. Well, but what it on does Nikola. in those situations is it puts three or four good defenders that you can put on the field or on the field on the court. It's not just, Oh, you got to have Will Barton go guard this guy or you got, you know, it allows you to have more good defenders out there. Well, it just seems like a good fit. Like his skill set in, in regards to what Jokic does, it balances that out really well. Spaces the floor a little bit. Um, so I just think do you, guys, it, do you guys think he got a, the Nuggets got a deal because of his la- drop off in, per- in performance last year, or, or and I say performance, drop off in numbers. Statistically, his numbers went down when he came to the Nuggets. Do you think they got him at a steal because of that, or would you say this isn't a steal and it was a very solid deal? I thought he was going to get a bigger deal. I, I think this. I, I mean, honestly, I'm not a capologist for the NBA, but uh, you know, my my gut tells me from just looking at these different contracts throughout the years that this this was about market value for what you're getting. I mean, he's a he's and, a and, and, he's and, a, at his best. He's a at his best. He is a shutdown defender and a very good uh, very good running the fast break and a very good slasher. Uh, and 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 I think. 
you know, that type of player isn't going to be paid any sort of max deal. You're not going to get the star deal, right? But what he got paid was, you know, the best of the best type of role player starters money. I mean, that's that's what he got paid. Well, so for context, Jeremy Grant got a three or $60 million deal to go play for Detroit and to go take like start to go get like the shots and to go be the guy. And so you've got a contract here. What is that? Four years, 92. It's like 21, 22 million. It's 23 Seem, a year. It seems like it's pretty reasonable for a guy that's and, not and, a role player, and that's but a, certainly I, I'm glad level. you bring that up because when I look at the idea of, of a Jeremy Grant versus an Aaron Gordon, I'll take Aaron Gordon in a heartbeat. Um, and for the nuggets, I, I, I like Aaron Gordon. I really like Jeremy Grant, but I mean, it's just, it just kind of seems to be a little more apples to apples and you're not asking Aaron Gordon to score 20, 25 points a game. Sure. You know what I mean? So what sure. he's getting paid for what he's being and, asked to and do. When is, you were, and when you were looking to with the Jeremy Grant contract, a little bit of what he got paid for was they were taking a little bit of a, a chance on him. They were rolling the dice saying, Hey, you showed enough to where we believe that you can be a star, right? Yep. But he didn't get paid star money, right? right. Like let's not, let's not fool ourselves. Jeremy Grant did not get paid star. Star if he money. goes and signs a deal after what he did yeah. last year, he's getting a bigger contract. He is. He's going to get paid much more. So I don't know. I like the number for, for the Nuggets, if, especially if you can sign MPJ. And all the reports are they are still like you know very committed to trying to sign MPJ. I think they're just trying to make this three-year window for the Nuggets. And, and unless you, any of you guys have anything else, I want to wrap up the show with that question. Does that deal get done before the season starts before it starts i say no but i definitely think it gets done throughout the course of the year uh, throughout the course of the year yep i would or say before next season rather i would say before midway through the season either he's traded or he gets a contract i think so too i i have i i believe you guys i think that uh i think by the end of the year it gets done i actually think he very well may get this deal before i i think this is a deal you make in aaron with aaron gordon knowing what's there that you're very close it's just it's one of those that you, you kind of have to have all your ducks in a row when you make this deal. You have to know what deal you're going to give to Michael Porter Jr. there. So um, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. For Connor and Nick, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in to Red Rock Sports. <laughs>